I've also noticed actually uh, recently we've had where they behave much better for one parent than another. (laughs) (laughs) So that I've used that recently at work when they said, oh, you know, they're not brushing their teeth anymore. I've said, well, has, you know, has daddy tried or have you got grandma or or another caregiver, rather than it being all on mum's shoulders to try and, and burden the toothbrushing, sort of share that out. And you might find actually that, that they're a little bit better for someone else. Hello and welcome back to series four of the Smart Revolution podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Zendium, a fluoride toothpaste that strengthens the mouth's natural defences for a balanced oral microbiome. To receive your free patient samples, follow the details in the About section of this podcast. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist. This podcast is created for you, the dental profession, all around the world to inspire you in your career through the content shared by the wonderful interviewees. The poignant dental professional I had the pleasure of interviewing for this recording is Gemma Hook, a family dentist and clinical teacher of paediatric dentistry with a passion of spreading oral health advice for mums and babies. In this recording, we explore making the most out of prenatal dental appointments to win the parent over to buy into oral health for their future child or children, as well as reflecting on how the delivery of messages have changed for Gemma since having a child herself. Throughout this series, we will continue to share content on how to open doors of opportunity. And in support of this, Smile Revolution has released a course entitled Launching an Oral Health Promotional Project and Business. So to find out more and register, follow the link on the website. Through listening to our conversation today, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career paths, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. So Gemma, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Um, I've obviously been looking at your Instagram feed, the mummy dentist, where you're you're doing a lot or you've done a lot of posting to support mums and the children's oral health. And that's actually a huge interest to me being a mum myself. And I thought it would be a lovely opportunity for us to catch up and and chat about mums-to-be and being a mum and children's oral health. Yeah, thank you so much. Like you say, it's an area that I'm super passionate about as well. Um, I've always been interested in children's dentistry in particular. Um, But then, like you say, since becoming a mum, your image on it kind of changes a little bit and you feel slightly more invested in it. And then the whole Instagram community of of mums in general was just... When I was on maternity leave, it was really supportive and I engaged with it a lot. And um, I thought, why not get oral health in there as well? Let's, you know, let's join the party. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because actually Instagram as a mum is something that you can just look in at for a few minutes. It just takes you away maybe from a moment. And I couldn't agree more. And I think you've just highlighted that it's also the perfect opportunity for dental professionals to be spreading the word um, specifically aimed at mums, because I know all my friends that are mums are on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) 
Isn't yeah, I think friend? it was one of those when you're when you're up doing the night feeds or when you're you know on maternity leave and you have those days where you can't leave the house. Um, but it's just that that connection is there, and um, like I say, there's there's a lot of support there, and so many different accounts to follow for advice with babies with regards to like weaning advice, sleeping advice, um, medical advice. Um, so yeah, I think the oral health fit hopefully really nicely and it's something that I enjoy as well yeah and that and that's the key isn't it it really is and yeah if it's easy and I think that comes through as well in Instagram as well if it's something you enjoy then that's what the audience will say see so what we thought we'd start with is there are many myths on pregnancy and oral health so what what are your thoughts on that and how do you spread the message on what really is true yeah I think that's it I think I, I hear from patients quite a lot you might have heard things like where they go oh well you know when you're pregnant your teeth crumble or they'll say oh like an old wives tale of oh you lose a tooth for every child you have and these sort of old adages and you're like oh that's that's not strictly true um but then there are things that happen during your pregnancy that will affect oral health as well um, so things like the sickness associated with pregnancy sometimes, um, maybe cravings like sweet cravings. People often have a heightened gag reflex. Um, they might find themselves retching when they're trying to brush um, or just generally snacking more. Um, bruxism as well. I know that happened to me towards the end in the third trimester. I was not sleeping well and I was definitely clenching and grinding. So there are sort of these coincidental things that happen when you're pregnant that can affect your mouth but it's not the baby per se affecting someone's mouth. So it's, like you say, it's myth-busting really to, to clarify, yes, you have got issues that may occur when you're expecting and we need to look after your mouth. However, it's not a given. You're not going to necessarily have lots of tooth problems because you're pregnant. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's, it's our opportunity as dental professionals to create more awareness that these myths are myths, purely myths. And it's not the case, but being aware of the consequences of being pregnant, like you say, our oral hygiene, well, or maybe we feel a bit sick, a bit more nauseous, um, our cravings, and things can, as a result, affect our teeth. So, yeah, I think as a, as a profession, maybe we've just got to be spreading um, and debunking these myths maybe more. Right. Yeah, and I think often what happens as well is I work in an NHS practice and suddenly we'll see patients showing up who may not have been in for a while, but then when they find out they're expecting a baby, they get the maternity exemption certificate and obviously dental visits are uh, free of charge. So they see it as a good opportunity to actually get in to see the dentist um, whilst they're not having to pay for it. So that, like you say, you've got this suddenly this window of opportunity where you've got someone who's who's there and you can educate them about their own oral health as well as obviously the baby that they're expecting as well. So you sort of get like a, a double opportunity to really spread some some good messages. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And as well, um, being, I remember when I was a first time mum, the first time I was pregnant, you know, everything's so new and you're thinking, oh, I've got so much to learn. You feel really open to maybe absorb as much as you can. What's your take on this, Gemma? And how, how, what did you feel when you were a first-time mum during the pregnancy? So it's one of those, isn't it, that Google, Dr. Google is a double-edged sword. So suddenly Definitely. you start thinking, 
is this a symptom? What does this mean? What are the consequences? Um, but equally, there's some really great resources out there. And I definitely went along to hypnobirthing classes, pregnancy yoga, um, and sort of, I wanted to keep a pregnancy journal, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> but you do suddenly find yourself exploring all these new areas that you maybe haven't considered since A-level biology or something about, about the human body and how this miraculous creation of a, of a new human being um, can impact on you and what you should and should be do, shouldn't be doing in terms of you know, taking vitamins and supplements and exercise, like I say. Um, so you do, you might buy pregnancy books as well. And um, I think a lot of the time people are, are really invested in the actual birth itself. Um, so that's an, an area where we can try and integrate ourselves with like health visitors um, and midwives because often they're having quite a lot of contact with quite a lot of health professionals as a pregnant woman. Um, so the more, obviously the dental profession as a whole, we will see these patients, but general health professionals will be seeing them as well. Sure, sure. So it is, again, that opportunity like to, to really speak to people. And do you feel with your, your, the ladies that come through your doors that they may be more aware of, you already touched on it, you know, doing maybe a bit more yoga or hypnobirthing. I know I did the same, similar to you, but thinking actually what they're putting into their body. Yeah, I think they're conscious that they want to invest in themselves. So they make sure that they're taking care of themselves whilst they've still got a bit of time. And also because they're now responsible for maybe, you know, growing this other person, and that they actually think, oh, you know, is this the right thing to be doing for the baby? Is this toothpaste okay for the baby? You know, they know they shouldn't be drinking alcohol. They know they shouldn't be smoking and these risk factors. Um, but they they often come in with, with a lot of questions. And I think the first thing to do when a, when a patient comes in and says that they are expecting is to congratulate them on that and, and ask them, well, how has your pregnancy been so far? You know, have you had any um, symptoms? Is there anything that you'd like to ask me about, you know, how to maintain your your oral health or any sort of flags or any queries that you've got and open that discussion really I think we always check medical histories obviously with our patients at the start of every appointment anyway Um, and there's going to be a large cohort of female women of childbearing age and they're going to invariably you might not have seen them for six months or so and they're going to come in and, and suddenly they're going to be pregnant and you've got that that slant then on on the whole appointment really the discussions that you can have yeah and in regards to cravings and you know and and maybe feeling nauseous like have you got any tips that you would necessarily share that you feel really works for patients that are pregnant um so yeah again speaking firstly from personal experience I don't think I appreciated I thought, oh, morning sickness, but no, it was it was all day sickness up to twenty weeks, and um, so that I was obviously constantly then aware of the acidic taste in my mouth, and I think a lot of patients want to get rid of that by by brushing their teeth straight away. They think, oh, you know, I want to make sure that there's nothing left in my mouth and it tastes nice and minty fresh. But we all know, obviously, with Steph and Kerr, if you you're going to brush your teeth straight after vomiting then that's bad because you're still in that uh, below the critical pH. So you want to say to these ladies, or if they are being sick, make sure that they don't brush their teeth immediately afterwards and consider instead using um, an alcohol-free mouth rinse to, to rinse around with or even just, just swilling with some water um, because that way they're going to obviously help the mouth, the oral environment to recover uh, the acidic state um, more to a neutral state, but they're not brushing it in um equally as you said with the nausea I think 
that traditionally people go, oh, you know, have have a snack, have something containing ginger is is one of those things, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I've heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but things like ginger biscuits, ginger snaps, ginger ginger candy, and all that. They're obviously very cariogenic, high high sugar content, really. So it's sort of looking for alternative snacks that they could maybe consider. Um, and then with the, the heightened gag reflex, I definitely had this. So I've got partially erupted upper upper eights and I was trying to be really good and, and maintain cleaning those. But I found I was literally retching every time I, I was trying to brush. Um, so I had to swap to a, a single tufted brush uh, to clean around those. And I, was, I found using um, some warm water rather than cold water lessened that, that gagging. Um, and then I switched as well to an uh, SLS-free toothpaste, so a non-foamy toothpaste, because that way there wasn't as much excess paste in my mouth and it didn't feel overloaded. Um, so that's another good practical tip. And I think um, it's just trying to think of adaptations and being empathetic and going, oh, yes, you know, I appreciate that might be difficult at the moment, but have you thought about this or have you considered this alternative um, rather than just not brushing at all, I guess. Yeah, and I think also when, as you've been talking, you know, everybody's pregnancy is so different, and mm. you know, you may have that nausea throughout, nausea throughout the day, or it may just be at a specific time. For me, it was if I was at all hungry, I had to eat a huge amount of carbs now, otherwise it would all go wrong. And I think it is as well, like obviously there are general traits that you think oh yeah maybe you've got cravings or nausea but that past and what they're going through is individual to each patient so I guess just listening to you now I've just thought in my mind you know we've really got to tune into exactly what each one is going through and what the pattern is of their pregnancy and throughout the day and really tailor the advice specifically to them um in regards to obviously maybe not brushing if it's that continuous acidity in the mouth. So Yeah, it's that practical advice I think people are after because they know at the end of the day what they should be doing. You know, most yeah. patients know that they should be brushing twice a day, they should be flossing, um, and they shouldn't be eating lots of sugary things. But as you say, sometimes during that pregnancy, if you are feeling dizzy or nauseous, then you need to eat something. I was terrible. I was craving wine gums at one point. They were the only thing that was going to do it, something really zesty in my mouth. Um, and I literally was was going through a few packs a week, which kind of, I was shocking myself but at the same course. time. I, I, I had to do it and I wasn't going to deny my body and my cravings, but I was trying to do it in a, you know, a reasonable way. And it's that appreciation of that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it is in that understanding because when you're in it, there literally is nothing else that's going to console it. I'm n- I've never been a real burger eater, but I remember my husband picking me up from work one night. I was like, I need a burger now. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? But I think it's you- what, yeah, what, what the hormones can do to you. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think also, Gemma, we were speaking earlier, and I think one thing that also came to both of our minds is that, you know, before we had children, we're obviously educated in dental school about during pregnancy and advice to give to um, expectant mothers. um, And then the advice following on from that for the children and never undervaluing that education. Obviously, it's invaluable. But until you've gone through it, 
you, you experience things in a different way and we've then got a different stance and maybe sharing that with the listeners. I think probably that's coming through already. We hope it's helpful because it definitely has changed how I would, how I spoke to um, expectant mothers and also mums and dads of children and how I speak to them about their brushing. So what changed for you in how you speak to expectant mothers, for instance? Um, well, like I say, I'd, I'd had patients sort of coming in and telling me these tales of, you know, being sick all the time or, or the retching or, you know, the bleeding gums. And you sort of think, well, you know, I'm, I'm a dentist. I, I have excellent oral hygiene. I won't get bleeding gums. Um, and then sure enough, you know, sort of week 12 or whatever, I started getting you know, bleeding. And I was like, well, how is this happening to me? So now when someone says it, like I, say, I always start with the open question, you know, what symptoms have you had? Have you noticed any changes in your mouth? Um, and then, like I say, delve a little bit deeper in. Um, and then, as you say, at the moment, I'm in um, toddler world. So I've got a two-year-old now. And um, it's that thing about people saying, oh, you know, they fell asleep when they were having their milk. And do I wake them up to brush their teeth or should I leave them asleep? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, leave them asleep. Sleep is so precious. You know, obviously, I have the, the dentist hat saying you must brush last thing before bed. So the fluoride coating is, is on the teeth. But then I've got the mum hat saying, oh, my goodness, if they've gone to sleep and you're going to get a chance to, you know, have a shower yourself or, or have your dinner um, then take that opportunity. And it's that, that kind of aspect and realising that I suppose a lot of people worry that if they've done something that they're going to end up with tooth decay and absolutely prevention for that is so important. Um, but it's that, that realness that sometimes you're going to miss a brushing session or sometimes they're going to have a chocolate button or an ice cream and it's going to happen. And that's part of childhood and growing up and um, part of the roller coaster, like you say, of, of parenthood is, is not getting everything right all the time. And everything does go in phases. Toothbrushing regression is a real thing. One day they can be loving it and they can want to brush their teeth 20 times that day. And then the next day it can be, you know, you're not getting that toothbrush anywhere near me and they're kicking off. And I've also noticed actually uh, recently we've had where they behave much better for one parent than another <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so that I've used that recently at work when they said oh you know they're not brushing their teeth anymore I've sort of said well has you know has daddy tried or have you got grandma or or another caregiver rather than it being all on mum's shoulders to try and, and burden the tooth brushing sort of share that out and you might find actually that that they're a little bit better for someone else yeah well, I had that at home last night. My mum was around and exactly the same. No, generally I am obviously the brusher at night. Mm -hmm. But no, not last night. It was grandma. Well, you know, if it means they're going to, of course, brush their teeth. And I'm all about having a positive experience with children's brushing. But last night it was with grandma and that was fine because they were happy and it got them beautifully clean. So... <laughs> It's so Grandparents true. are heroes. They yeah, are heroes. heroes, but we can't get them to do. Guaranteed they will. So, yeah, no, it's, it is as well. I think that's a great thing to also hook on to. And also for the listeners, you know, utilising the wider network to support all of these elements that we wish to encourage as dental professionals for the children's or for health. And, and one thing we tapped on in our previous chats was that because parents or expectant mothers, especially when it's first time round, um, are open to maybe going to the dentist because they are now getting this 
you know, free, they're not having to pay for it. It's an opportunity to access more appointments. Um, I know there's been some research that you actually shared with me on awareness of um, the expectant mother on children's oral health. And within this paper, it was identified that potentially this is an opportunity for us to be speaking more about the child that's going to be arriving soon to oral health. So, do you utilise this time to speak about, so obviously the focus is on their expectant, you know, their oral health, but do you tie anything else in further speaking about the child's oral health that's coming along in this time? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the paper that you mentioned was in, in the BDJ, I think it was mm. published in 2017, and it was this study where they spoke to mums attending for their 20-week ultrasound scan. Um, they were asking them questions about, you know, oral health awareness and, and knowledge really of expectant mothers as you say um, and I think there was over 100 participants and uh, the, the results are really interesting and in that they, they knew obviously a lot of things about maybe using toothpaste and using a small amount and, and stuff like that but there were areas as well vast areas where the knowledge was kind of deficient and as you say there was quite a difference between what maybe first time mums knew as opposed to mothers who have got children before so they've been there before um, but absolutely because they're coming in um, you can talk about themselves and also, like you say, the, the baby as well. And you can link it to lots of things that, that new mums really care about. So teething is a massive topic people love to talk about. Um, obviously, when they get to six months, they start weaning. Um, and that's also when they start getting their teeth. So if, you know, they're, they're thinking about what foods they're going to be offering their baby, um, you can link that in. And obviously, the British Society of Paediatrics has has the, the DC by one, the dental check by one campaign, which obviously um, is massively important. And that ties in because the maternity exemption for the mums lasts until baby's first birthday. So I always say to them, make sure, you know, when they're expecting, make sure you come back, you know, before baby turns one and bring baby two, get them registered. It's really important because we can, you know, often give you some really relevant advice. Um, it's good to have access to healthcare from when they're very young in case of any incidents. Um, it helps to acclimatise the baby to the to the dental environment and, uh, you know, obviously bringing them regularly, you hope to acclimatise more and, you know, you may start off with them in, in their pram or obviously with, on their mum's lap. Um, but by coming regularly, it really builds that, that relationship and that foundation. And I think it's a great practice builder as well because you, you sort of get this, family dentistry vibe going where you literally care from naught to a hundred and you can treat all these patients yeah. um, and obviously the, the dream is that we grow up with this generation of caries free children I guess oh, isn't it yes wouldn't that be wonderful and certainly the check by one I guess supports that and I love what you said as well you know since they're obviously exempt from paying for this amount of time then do come back and then use that as the hook to bring them in for their their child's first check and yeah it's key and i i don't know about you but also i was it was encouraging getting something in the mouth you know so it becomes a habit um before even the first teeth come through you know you know it's something that they're used to you know having something around just to massage the gums I used I got this finger brush that I found was really quite mm. nice and they liked biting on that what advice would you give on that Gemma you know for the babies yeah before we well, like you say before weaning they've only normally had in their mouth either a bottle teeth or a breast or or perhaps a pacifier a, a dummy so suddenly to you know be getting 
weaning going on and all the food and the taste and then like say a toothbrush with some uh, some toothpaste in there as well it, it could be massively overwhelming but babies as well as soon as they can grip something where does it go when they're holding it straight in the mouth so you've got to make sure that they've not got all sorts of bits and bobs lying around um, but yes as you say when they're teething they'll naturally want to have something in their mouth that provides like a counter pressure so teething aids teething toys often are designed and the textures of them uh, the silicone and they have little little areas or little bobbles on that almost massage the gums um, and they can obviously be kept chilled as well refrigerated to offer a bit of you know re uh, relief as well during teething and that can be happening from sort of three four months really um, and then as you say there's the, the little finger brushes also have that massage effect or you can get dental wipes um, that can soothe gums as well um, and yeah, there's, there's lots of bits out there on the market and there's some really great companies out there as well, I think now that are specifically targeting you know, oral health products, but for babies and toddlers and they're doing that in such a holistic way as well. It's not just about um, the tooth care, it's about the baby's development overall. Yeah, yeah. And do you think we could also utilise that opportunity when they're still pregnant, obviously you're talking about the check by one, maybe talking about teething and things like that, to also speak about diet. Because we don't want to overload, overload. <laughs> and yeah, it's always gauging, isn't gauging it? Gauging it, right, exactly. But do you think as well that's, you know, an opportunity or have you got any tips to tying in healthy eating, sugar-free snacks that you maybe introduce at this point? Yeah, so obviously you've got the kind of, again, the sort of dual dynamic of talking to the mother about maybe what she's having and what she's ingesting, um, how frequently she's having to snack. Can yeah. she face having proper main meals or or not? And obviously, like you say, all the, the you know vegetable and mineral intake is really important for her um, as, as she's pregnant and as the baby is growing. Um, equally, with regards to the, the advice for the babies and the weaning, I think there was a really interesting document published last summer by Public Health England looking at the commercial infant food market um, and how for the weaning, when you go to the, the supermarket shelves for baby food, it's full of lots of obviously packets and pouches. And there's nothing wrong with those if they're convenient, um, and when, especially when you're out and about. But equally, a lot of them are very fruit-based. Um, and we all know, obviously, what happens to fruit when you puree it, you release all the fructose. Um, and then when it's in these pouches and they've got a nozzle, often you know, babies are being fed this fruit puree through the nozzle. Um, whereas obviously we would be saying ideally dispense onto a spoon and ideally go for ones that are more vegetable based. And I think it's an area that I definitely didn't know a lot about until I did the weaning journey myself. And then obviously, like I say, this report, I found it really enlightening because it links to delivering better oral health. They, they cross reference each other, which I, which I loved. Um, and then there's that whole aspect as well with this time about um, how babies are drinking. So what they're drinking um, and how are they drinking it? Is it from a bottle? Is it from a sippy cup? Is it from an open cup? It's a whole um, new dynamic there to discuss. And again, I think so many mothers have initial concerns about you know being able to breastfeed or, or being able to formula feed their babies um, that they don't realise there's going to be other transitions in that feeding journey. It's all about that initial focus. Um, and then it's only when you get to six months into 12 months that you have these these steps up uh, to what the next stage is. And I think, again, um, as dental professionals, we don't want to overstep our, our area, as it sure, were. Yeah. <laughs> we're not weaning experts or nutritional experts no. by any means. But equally, it's it's helping them 
raise awareness, I guess, really, of of these topics because we we all know that you know early childhood caries is is still a massive problem. I think, especially um, with the younger age groups in in the UK and the amount of general anaesthetics uh, that go on uh, still for for very young children is is quite scary. Yeah, which brings me on to think about this question which I know we've all heard as dental professionals you know oh the children's teeth don't matter when the you know because they're going to get the the adult teeth through eventually Mm -hmm. I mean do you still hear that and you know how do you deal with that yeah so like you say oh they're going to fall out it's it doesn't matter if we don't brush them (laughs) no no gosh I mean obviously we all recognize the value of the primary dentition massively they have obviously massive massive roles with with eating as we've said and, and nutrition but they could also affect speech um and obviously they, they maintain the space for the adult teeth to come into um and if a child's suffering from toothache from 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 pain or infections and having to have repeated you know dental visits or maybe even antibiotics or as we said general anesthetic and it can impact the whole family really if they're having disturbed sleep there's the big social implications as well obviously if they've got missing teeth it can affect their the aesthetics and the smile and and their overall health status really so um i think we it, our role is is getting people to recognize that yes they will fall out eventually and be replaced but a lot of those primary teeth will be there up until the child is you know 10 12 maybe you know if we're thinking about their, their molars um and some, obviously, we know some people, if they've got hyperdontia, they may have missing teeth and they may end up retaining a baby tooth for, for well beyond that as well. Um, and yes, but equally, if someone, they have got a poorly baby tooth and the only option is to remove it, I think it's really important to then say, OK, well, in this instance, you know, this tooth is 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 too poorly to be saved, is, is the phrase I use. And unfortunately, we don't want to risk you know damaging the, the adult tooth that's developing underneath. But what we have to remember is that this is almost like a, a chance for a, a fresh start, a clean slate, because we're going to get rid of the poorly tooth and then a beautiful new tooth is going to come through. And that tooth, when it comes through, we just need to look after it from the second it appears with the brushing, with the dietary advice. Um, so you can use it to an advantage that they are going to get a replacement tooth because then what we don't want is to have the same cycle with the, with the adult tooth because guess what? If the adult tooth has to be removed, there isn't a third set coming unless yeah. it's dentures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I guess it's just covering all these elements that we've started to bring up today. And there are lots of other things that we won't be able to fully cover, but, you know, just creating and delivering the right messages constantly and concisely and just recognising the opportunities to have these conversations, especially when the mother is or the expectant mother comes in as that being a window to disseminate this information and they may come once twice a couple of times during that period of time so it is really such a wonderful opportunity and I think as well oh sorry I was just gonna say I think speaking as um you know my practice you know we have quite a quite a good team approach as well so obviously we've got the dental nurses with their oral health education and and the therapist as well so as we said before, quite often it's periodontal issues or, or pregnancy gingivitis. So I'll say to these ladies, I'll have the initial discussions um, and then they go and see um, my dental therapist um, for some you know, maybe periodontal therapy. Um, and again, she she's very invested as well and, and she will discuss these things again with them. So it's not information overload at this you know, visit 
me, 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 me. It's, it's giving small, small chunks and then saying, and next time we can revisit. And also, like I say, not just, not just from the dentist per se, you know, everyone in my dental team will will chip in a little bit as well and I think that shows a really a really nice approach. I couldn't agree more because like you said you don't want it information overload and we know we don't necessarily change things from all knowing all the information it's got to be delivered in the right way when the patient is open when to receive it maybe when they're not consumed by other things that are going on and it's about gauging it right which is obviously spoken about before and behavioral change and the right communication is a huge element that comes obviously into this but I just think it's nice to yeah be thinking about utilizing this time as a wonderful opportunity to speak to mums more about what we've spoken about today and can I just ask you one thing before we come to the end of this podcast in regards to the children that are coming in now the toddlers have you transitioned in any way to how maybe you treat them or talk to them and incorporating the parent or the carer in that since becoming a mother yourself um I think the main thing is I'm a lot more aware of the cartoons and the books um, (laughs) and the the characters that they might be into Peppa Pig and Hey Dougie play a massive role in my daily life now (laughs) which I I didn't think they would maybe before um but the digital babysitter is is not to be underestimated um so it's these reference these sort of um social reference points that I can kind of bring in a little bit more and be like oh well, what are you into and and how can we take that and apply that to to this situation so if they say they're into Paw Patrol or or anyone you know, find them whoever you can go like oh well find Sam he always brushes his teeth you know before he goes and gets in the fire engine or I think it's that kind of dynamic approach helps with the children um and then with with the parents it's more about that like you say just being completely empathetic of their situation um and you know I've only got the one child myself and and you've you've got two so I can't imagine having to keep eyes on on two of them and do you brush do you do it simultaneously do they brush or do you do you get them to brush one at a time how do you manage two of them it's like who's coming to sit on my lap first (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it will go yeah one and then the other or the one will demo we we introduce lots of different games we've got songs in the bathroom we've got everything kind of going on to I guess entice them and to encourage them and more importantly for them to always want to enjoy it and it's got for me I feel it's got to be a fun experience brushing battle you know I've had it myself and I know and I totally get it now you know and this is a real thing and you can understand why maybe parents don't want to brush because they can't do it's bedtime the last thing they want to face is a brushing battle before bed but yeah we find our ways to overcome it but I guess hearing from other clinicians that have children as well and tips that they've got to share like I love what you've just shared about knowing all the cartoon characters and I think (laughs) yeah for any any clinicians listening it maybe we can put something together I'm happy to of all the all the kind of cartoons that maybe would resonate with the children that are uh, uh, the favourites at the time because it definitely definitely would help and it would be it's a way of getting the child on board and yeah, I'd second exactly what you've said about, you know, being empathetic to the parent, like sleep is sanity. <laughs> you, you know, you understand, you know, that it's important and going to bed like you touched on, you know, with a bottle, it's definitely not ideal, but it's if their child's going to sleep. 
It's a big deal. I mean, I, I'm no sleep expert at all, but um, you know, sometimes it will happen. But I think it's as long as they're, you know, again, the awareness, it's not ideal. We don't want this to be yeah. the case all the time. Um, this would be the ideal scenario. However, if this does happen, don't worry. And you know, tomorrow's another day um, and try this approach maybe instead. And, you know, think about different ways that they can integrate it. Because I think with children, normally a routine is key. So having that brushing as part of their waking up routine when they're getting changed, maybe when, you know, changing the nappy, getting them dressed. And in the evening, you know, having a bath, like you say, singing a song, having bedtime stories. You know, we have a little bedtime, little massage we learned as well to try and encourage you know, sort of relaxation and, yeah. and these things. So if the brushing becomes built into the routine, the children won't fight it as much. It won't feel as, as, as big of a, oh, we've got to tick this box now. It's just part of the day and it, it flows nicely. And I don't know, it's, um, it's one of those things that I think we can all do better and we'll all have bad days, but equally sometimes we'll have really successful days as well. Yeah. And, and that's okay and be kind to yourselves and like don't ever let a parent I guess you never want them to or care or feel bad that maybe they miss brushing it's fine it's okay you know but sharing the tips or maybe things that could work um, and I think something I learned which is well you know frequently it's all about brushing their teeth but you know you can get your pick up your toothbrush and let them have a try brushing your teeth you know so. <laughs> role play there role we go play, yeah exactly a generation of future dentists and dental therapists they're, they're out there yeah exactly well Gemma it's been so lovely talking to you and thanks for sharing you know your input on you know pregnancy and oral health and also for the children's oral health and tips and tricks that we can all utilize as dental professionals but just before we go, it's the smile revolution fire round and I just would like to ask you where would you like to see children's oral health five years from now? Well, as I say, I mean, the Miss World answer is is caries free dentition for these this generation. And access for all as well. I think that's an issue as well as being able to, to get access to care. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been such a fun chat. And yeah, thank you. No, I could have talked about it all day. So oh, thank no, you. So. I was thinking the same. I could go on and on. <laughs> we'll do part two soon. We'll have to do part two soon, Gemma. Thanks a million. Okay, bye, Victoria. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you enter the Zendium competition giveaway by heading over to the Smile Revolution Facebook page or at my Smile Revolution Instagram account. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review. Please email me on info at smile-revolution.net. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comments section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and some video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing 
info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. You can now join me for Smile Revolution Yoga, yoga dedicated to the well-being of the dental profession. Thanks so much for joining and being part of the Smile Revolution.